Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Alice Jones. I'm arts editor of I. I'm going to be asking Ramesh and Tom a few questions about what we've just seen um, and what's to come in the series. Um, there will be a chance at the end, I hope, for you to ask your own questions. So um, have a think if there's anything you want to ask. Um, so to start with, uh, Ramesh, mm -hmm. what appealed about this particular format about you know, becoming a judge for three days? Uh, zero prep. Right. Uh, I think that's kind of... That's kind of uh, no. I just thought it's. I just thought it's. I just thought it's a funny. I just think. The, I just thought it's a funny idea. The fact that you know when you sort of watch these other judge shows, you just think they have got too much expertise, <laughs> and so it just felt like it'd be a good thing to go and be able to do that um, and just rule against people because they've got like an annoying voice or just a prick or whatever. So so it, that's kind of what I just felt like it was such a simple and funny idea. Um, and Tom, um, you know, to be able to work with Tom and Kerry, and, and Tom is somebody that I've wanted to work with for a long time, and so that was obviously uh, a draw, and uh, a big fan of Kerry as well, so um, I didn't know Kerry as well as I knew Tom, but that, it was such a great team, it just felt like a, an easy thing to say yes to. And Tom, obviously, you've come from Murder in Successville, which is a very improvised show. You won a BAFTA for it, I've not heard since, of it. since we're in the home. Well, no, yeah. yeah. Um, so how, really how did this compare? Was this... Keep texting me to be on it. So. <laughs> Get the money up, mate, and I'll do it. <laughs> oh, no, man. Tell me about it. Um, <laughs> but how, how did you make these shows? Like, what was the process, I guess, from walking um, in the morning to, to filming it? Just, uh, I mean... It was, it was genuinely, I thought with murder, that was probably the most crazy sort of schedule you'd ever do to film a show in sort of an episode in two days. But when they sort of said, well, are we going to be filming the whole series in three? Um, I was like, no, we're the fucking not. That's crazy. <laughs> um, but genuinely, it was, it was probably the most fun I've had. Uh, event. I mean, I, I love Rom. I think he's genuinely one of the loveliest men, but also most talented comedians there is. And the opportunity to work with him is something I've, I've been looking for for so long. So um, it was just non-stop laughter, really. And, and also, just the maddest three fucking days. Like, I kind of, you, you sort of, when you've worked with sort of people in reality TV or constructed reality, you sort of think, oh, they're a bit out there, they're a bit crazy. But when you work with some of these people, <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, this is why the world's fucked. Um, but yeah, it was yeah, a hell of a thing. Were there any particularly memorable cases that we haven't seen so far that you sort of stood out for you? Was or anyone that you actually helped? Did you get to the well, end of the day? Hold on, we helped everyone. Well, <laughs> there was a, sure. a couple that I think come up late in the series where Ramesh basically told them to split up. And uh, <laughs> they were so bad for each other that they should just walk away from each other. How did they take and that? They, they, were they, they were upset. They were genuinely, yeah, upset. <laughs> genuinely questioning their whole life. <laughs> Afterwards, and I was like, yeah, I mean... But it was apparent, to... wasn't it, that they should... Oh, be... mate, they were dreadful together. Yeah. It was apparent for everyone else apart from them. And I don't think they'll find anyone else either. That's the sad thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, yeah, there was some... Yeah, there was probably the most toxic human being I've ever met in my life Yeah, on there. That all of us had to go and have a shower after he came on because he was just so vile. I think he's, in, he's later in the series. But, yeah, it, it was a real... Yeah, there was a real selection of people. And you have some famous people, because obviously Sean Ryder's in the opening Yeah, Sean, uh, Sean, Sean and Bez uh, came on and had uh, a genuine issue. And we also had Duncan and uh, Anthony from Blue. Uh, <laughs> uh, you lost your shit that day. I just... Mate, what can I say? I love Blue. Um, LAUGHTER I've, I've dressed in tribute to them today, but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, d d that was they, they, the, the reason Blue came on was because 
when they won the Brit for best newcomer, wasn't it, Tommy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when that uh, Anthony was drunk, and so Duncan took the award and had it in his toilet, and Anthony was moving house and wanted it back. So it's quite yeah, obviously, what? as you can appreciate, it's quite a serious. No, they got one each, but so Duncan took his and Anthony's. Yeah, so he had two. And words. he kept Anthony's in his toilet just to sort of rub it in. Not only is he sort of the least memorable member of Blue. <laughs> he also didn't have the one thing that they won. Mm. Uh, Duncan had both. And actually, Duncan's the most affluent and doing the most well out of all of them. I'm actually a massive Blue fan. <laughs> it's more of just a Duncan fan, really. What, what was Sean and Ben writing about? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that was probably the only one that felt it should probably be in a real court. Um, they were quite yeah, they were good characters, weren't they? Yes, they were. They loved them. <laughs> what, was the, what was the Sean and Bess one? Uh, I think Bez had, uh, Sean, no, Bez had stolen Sean's gyro. Oh, that was it. <laughs> so, so, oh, that was it. So basically what happened was is that they were living together. It's from years ago. They were living together. And every time they got a gyro check, one of them would give the money to the other. Like, they'd club, put the money, they'd get the money together and they'd... Yeah. they'd they were they getting, like, alternate payments or something. I don't know how the hell they'd worked it out. But anyway, um, but basically every time... Bez got his money, he would share it. Or was it every, every time Sean got it, he'd share it. Every time it, Sean yeah. got his money, he would share it. It's every sad time, to think in a few years' time we're going to be Sean and Bez. <laughs> every, every, time, every time Sean got his money, he would share it with Bez. Every time Bez got the money, he would disappear for three days <laughs> and, and come back and say, lost it. On like a so, walking tour or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. I'd assume. So, so he was trying to claim for that, basically. Okay. And if, if you were able to put one of your own kind of cases in the court of Rom, what would you... What would you bring before uh, the I've judge? got I've got an issue uh, with regards to there's sort of a you know there's a show I'm doing that my name is in the title, and I just feel that one of the other cast of the show is just sort of trying to take a little bit of the shine from that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> He's already I've already thrown him a bone by making him the bailiff. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but he still had to keep chipping in during the court case. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't take anything in front of Romish is generally like very hardcore. He's yeah quite a few times I was like oh god that's scathing. Yeah, a lot of the times, like between, well, I had to stop people from crying. Uh, <laughs> there, was a, there was a couple of times where we didn't sort it out in the court, so Tom and I just went out and gave him a pace. On the <laughs> you just got to do it, gentlemen. You got to hand out justice. Yeah, you know. and uh, we love justice, don't we? <laughs> like Batman yeah. and Robin. Yeah. But did you? I mean, except you think... Robin's fucking huge. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually have green tights. <laughs> um, and do you think you're kind of? Well, two of the things that you talk about in your stand-up, Ramesh, mm-hmm. uh, your previous career as a teacher and yeah. your father of three, do you think either of those things kind of helped you in becoming a judge? Well, actually, sort of being a father sort of slightly inspired me doing uh, Judge Ramesh because um, one of my kids had uh, like an altercation at school with another kid um, and we were called in to sort of deal with it, mm-hmm. that they were saying, no, we need, to, we need to sort out what's going on with these kids. And uh, so the teacher called all the parents and called the kids in, and she said to the other kid, I don't know his name, um, said, uh, did you do it? And he said, no. And then said to my kid, did you do it? And he said, no. And she goes, well, you know, what can we do? And I said, what you can do is realise that that kid looks like a prick. <laughs> and, and that is... 
it obviously was him. Like, like I just don't understand when we have to rely on yeah. evidence when you can just look at the kid. <laughs> the kid looks awful. Uh, I don't understand why you can't just rule for that reason. <laughs> and so I thought that's something that I would like to take into a court. Do you know what I mean? That kind of <laughs> instinct, shoot from the hip. Do you know what I mean? Because it was so clear that that and kid... that is actually how the whole of the British justice system works. Right. <laughs> who looks the biggest prick? Yeah, you're guilty. So I presume you didn't do much legal training for this. No, if anything, I felt that would sort of damage my ability to do the job. Do you know what I mean? Because I just wanted to work from instinct. I didn't want anything like facts or genuine kind of competence <laughs> getting in the way of that. I, don't wanna, I, I, I didn't want to pollute my judgment in that way. Do you know what I mean? But Tom, I mean, is it mainly what happened in terms of the filming of it? Did you kind of know what the case was before and then just you let it run and these people come in and it, you yeah, yeah, we, around we it? Sort of how, little, how did you do it? We had a pack that we sort of, some of us read and really took seriously. Other people didn't give a fuck. And we, um, uh, yeah, so we basically had to look into the case, try and, yeah, let's have a little read-up. It, it, uh, it, was, it, was it was a tricky thing to, to figure out because the truth is, is that you want everything that happens to be improv and in the moment. And, but at the same time, you sort of think, well, what information would be useful? So we had, like, so we chatted with Hungry Bear yeah. about how much we should have. And so we went for sort of like a middle ground where we knew kind of... We knew sort of the main issue, if you like, but not very much beyond that. Do you know what I mean? No, you didn't want to sort of make too much because you kind of wanted to sort of make your own sort of like opinion and of the whole thing as it, as it sort of transpired and as it, as it sort of came across. I mean, genuinely, it was so eye-opening. And, and the ones, actually, the cases that are the best cases are the ones that sort of felt the most real. Because yeah. like those two guys that you see there as a sort of... We were sometimes, they were like, they went on for 40 minutes. <laughs> like, they were long old. Which ones? The like, some of the cases. So, actually, sort of that one, where you, you sort of see a snapshot the, of it. You're talking about the guy with the... the pip, yeah, pick-up artist. The yeah, pick yeah artist, some of them yeah. were... They really would kids. not leave. No, no, <laughs> no. Um, but it's, it's, it, the thing was, is that, you know, like, Tom and I have both done panel shows, and, and mm. like, often the most fun you have um, is when... You're not you're not trying to stick to like material. You're just reacting to what's happening. I mean, most of my time is spent laughing, genuinely laughing at Rom and stuff. Rom gets away with saying, I but, still find it hilarious. So we, even we, just watching it back now. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Yeah, no, thank you. Right. Thank <laughs> you for having me and let me watch you be amazing. No, no, listen, it's it was right, a real joy. I feel I like some people in the room weren't really getting yeah. my what I was. Doing. I mean, he just hated to say that. I know, Jake. No, you were great as well. Thank um, you. But um, <laughs> but I think the whole thing for like for both of us was like. Uh, and for Kerry, it was like, we wanted to just react to what was happening. And, and like, a lot of the time, stuff would emerge and the case would go off on a tangent in a way that none of us could have predicted. Do you know what I mean? Like somebody would say something or somebody would suddenly uh, put forward an argument that not even the other person in the case had any idea yeah. about and it would just sort of go off. So we wanted to be open to that rather than like having these set things that you wanted to be like tied to because then it, it, it's not as much fun like we did we genuinely did have so much fun making it and we would the only thing we're worried about is if we're sort of thinking shit i hope it's as fun as like to watch you know yeah. i hope they capture that in the edit because it was like just three days of like a proper laugh wasn't it yeah and it, it was genuinely sort of like a real sort of as one says you, you sort of only know a certain amount of it so there's a real adrenaline that you have mm. and <clears throat> and and like some of them, they really go for each other. They really sort of, you know, kick off. So it's, like I said, I mean, and Hungry Bear, when, when they first sort of came to me with the idea uh, and sort of working with Rom and, and Kerry, I've worked with before, but it, it gen I was, there's a kind of part of me thinking, how are you going to pull this off? Like, you know, and, and also you, 
there's a part of you now when you're sort of making television that you sort of have so many people sort of know the people behind the curtain, they know how to play it. But what was lovely about this is so many people who just didn't seem to have any... Like, they were literally just, like, bare their souls. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of almost a bit like Bullseye back in the day, where uh, people, you know, sort of... It, it felt real. It felt and you think real. there was a bit more freedom, really, than, than, like you say, on a normal panel show, because you've got these real people, I suppose. Well, I just, you I just, can't predict their lines. That yeah, basically. Freedom to kind of be yeah, yourself. I mean, I mean, the truth is, is like, um, you know, as Jay said, it's like, it's all about having real cases. And... <laughs> Um, those people, you know, some of them were more trivial than others, but they were genuine grievances. And so um, that obviously makes it more fun. They've, got, they've actually got proper skin in the game. Do you know what I mean? They want, they, 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 they're sort of talking about a problem that's real. And, yeah, you're, like, it's true. It's like you sort of, every single case, you sort of go, I don't know, we don't know how this is going to go, and let's just see what happens. And so that makes it very exciting to make. It's, it, it's very exciting to, to be in that show, where it's like truly spontaneous and you're sort of just seeing what happens, it is a lot more fun than if you were sort of, if you had a set, like, load of gags that you were going to do or whatever. It's, it, was a lot, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and some of them, like I say, there was, there was these, this dance, those dance, the women dance group, mm. who all turned on that one woman. And you, I genuinely was like, this is like, these women in their 60s and 70s, and they just turned on this one, one of the group because she'd worn red knickers and stained a white seat. And I was like, wow, like, Mean Girls is still happening at 70. <laughs> like, there's no respite for this shit. Mm. So I ended up, I got really into it. I was, like, on her side, I was standing with her. I cannot abide bullying. <laughs> um, and it, no, but it was, yeah, some of it was just, yeah. And there's, like, there's a certain kind of joy, isn't there? And I suppose a lot of it is, like, in a stand-up set, the sort of picking on an audience member. Everyone else in the audience absolutely loves watching that. Or mm. when you know, murder and successful, kind of putting a celebrity in a situation yeah. and forcing them to kind of talk their way out of it. So I suppose it's bringing together stuff that you've done in the past as well. It kind of... Yeah, I suppose it was sort of an emergence of both of our powers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that is why we formed the Justice League. <laughs> um, yeah, I do think so. I mean, like, like you know, from a stand-up point of view, when you do a stand-up show and you have a really good moment of, like, where it just happens in the moment, it, it is is often, the, often sadly, is the funniest part of the show, which is a damning indictment of my material. <laughs> but, but that Judge Romesh is like essentially you're sort of just doing that the whole time. So, um, and it's exciting because you sort of think... It's exciting because you don't know how funny it's... You don't know even if it is going to be funny or not because you're sort of thinking, shit, like, everything... This stands or falls by what we come up with in the moment. Yeah. Or, you know, what the, how the case develops in the moment. And so that makes it very, very exciting. And a bit like, you know, improvisation is such a hard thing to get across on sort of television. And, and sort of with murder, you have the ABCs of a story, so you can follow it along. So you can sort of go anywhere, as Rom says, sort of with this. It's sort of each case had its own sort of ABC. Really. Mm -hmm. it, we, we worked within the constraints of a story that they were telling. So we were able to really sort of, as Rom mentioned, we could go anywhere we wanted. We could take it away from the case. We could start talking about, you know, what was my favourite pizza or whatever, because um, I, I love pizza. Um, and we could, but we'd always know where we were coming back to. And that's sort of the, the skill, I guess, of improvisation, is sort of as long as you've got sort of something to, to hold on to, you can go anywhere with it. And also, like, Tom and Kerry are both very good at it. So it's, it's good to be able to just go, that I know that you can throw to either yeah. of them and they'll come up with something. So it was, it was, really, it was really nice. Was or you just say something horrible about me being tall. <laughs> yeah, that was sort of my go-to thing, do you know what I mean? And I've got to be honest, I went to that well a lot. <laughs> um, well and dry. both of you sort of, I don't, know, I don't know how interesting you think it is, but both of you came to comedy 
from other careers first. Yeah. You, know, you, you haven't been doing it your whole life. So, Ramesh, you were a teacher for how many years? For uh, eight years. Eight years. And Tom, you were a scaffolder? Yeah. Is that right? Do you, I mean, do you think that has made you different comedians, performers just now than you were? just made me so hungry for work that I never want to go back to scaffolding. I'd do anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, I, I think actually, the, the, and it's, as I say, I've known Ramesh for, for sort of a long, long time. And I think actually, weirdly, when I remember first seeing his stand-up is, that, and, and what actually sort of fed into this, is you sort of, you have a sort of gauge of the outside world. So I think when we were starting out really with stand-up, you had a lot of people, stand-up for the first time had become sort of like quite hip, quite cool. You had Russell, you had Jimmy, whatever, and they were sort of out doing these massive tours. So you had a lot of people that come straight out of university and they were like, right, I'm going to be a stand-up, that's going to be my career. But what I didn't necessarily have is the sort of like, like life stories or stuff behind them. <clears throat> um, so it's kind of hard, I guess, to sort of identify with people and problems in real life in a sense because they might not have lived it. And I think that's the thing that both Marie and Rom have uh, is in that sense you sort of, I guess, can sort of empathise with people. As I don't know where I'm going with this. It sounds very some, I mean, some of those people that you can't empathise are genuine freaks. My parents <laughs> were both on it. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think that was the thing, you know. It's, yeah, starting now. <clears throat> is it the same? Do I mean, is it the same with you? Do you think? I fully agree with Tom. <laughs> uh, uh, no, uh, yeah, I think so. I think I think so. I, I do think. I mean, the truth is, is uh, I don't know how many. There's there's loads of teachers that have become comedians. I don't know mm. how many scaffolders there have become. I think I'm, I think there's one other floating about. Right. It's uh, a kill that prick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think Contract like out. yeah. But I think like t teaching. Uh, obviously has a lot of like parallels, do you know what I mean, in terms of uh, when I first started doing stand-up, um, I, I, I wasn't as nervous as I probably otherwise might have been because like, you know, if you've done um, fractions with like year nines, Friday period five, like, <laughs> jonglers on a Friday night ain't shit, do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so it's sort of, you, you, you do have a lot of that kind of, um, that kind of, those, those skills I think sort of transfer across, but also like Tom says, it's, Coming into, coming into comedy from something else, uh, you know, same as Tom, you, feel, you always feel, this sounds a bit wanky, but you always feel very grateful to be doing something, like paying the bills or something that's as, as much fun as it is. And particularly when you're doing a, a show like this, it's just like, a, I think at one point we did say, I can't believe this is our work. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like just sort of bringing people in to like... Yeah, it was real genuinely that sort of, you know, pinch, pinch, it was pinch so and it was, you know, and... and Sort of, Joe mentioned Dan Baldwin, sort of had such a clear vision. But also, but they really did just let us run with it, didn't they? Mm. They were, you know, and it, you know, sort of you doing stuff like you feel you work with your mates. You, it is like pissing about with your mates I do, and I do, ruining yeah. other people's lives. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, you don't. I mean, you know, obviously, sometimes Tom and I've spoken since, and we think about the repercussions of. <laughs> Some yeah. of the things we said, and it is dark. But, but <laughs> really, actually, the but, you know, you've got to get dance you, mat back. I just yeah. was sitting there thinking. Oh God! I think what? we should. Probably, it's, after watching that, I think we probably should give him a courtesy call. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> um, I'm gonna get him to do my nephew's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I would. I would say also, like, um, you know, is the other thing. I think the other part of the appeal of it, genuinely, is um, is doing it on Dave. It's just because like, I'd done Taskmaster before for them, and I was sort of as aware of like when you're doing stuff, you want to. Uh, feel confident that it's not going to get like so tampered with or diluted or changed or whatever and, th and they're very good like that so that was a, that was another you know that was another bonus of doing it and it, sorry it does yeah i mean so that's the other thing i think actually with with dave as well it does feel like a 
a real home for sort of comedy, you know, and, and taking stuff that's a bit different and a bit out there, you know. It's, uh, again, not to keep harping on, but the man who's successful is such an... Jesus Christ, Tom. <laughs> it won a BAFTA, I feel like I should mention it. Um, it if, you know, it's a less good idea, and it actually, and, and I've worked with Joe, I know Joe pretty well, and, um, and Luke coming in, it's, it feels like you're genuinely, they're people, they're trusting sort of the creatives to come up with different stuff and, and listening to, to creative people. And it, it, that's a really healthy place, especially for the next generation coming up, you know? People coming up, we might have sort of something that's a little bit out there and a little bit left of field. It's, that's the exciting place nowadays for that. Um, you mentioned murder and successful. Um, 15 times. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, there, is there more of it coming? Is um, there oh, we're trying to talk to Rom uh, about doing it. Um, <laughs> and he's being very difficult with the negotiations <laughs> on contract. Uh, we're not sure really. We're, we're, there's different ways that we might be taking it, and um, yeah, it's just sort of trying to work. We've always tried to sort of wrap it and, and come up with different ways of do, you know, sort of uh, getting the scale bigger. So it's, it's how. Is we it do hard that. to persuade people to do it because it's no, no, quite difficult? No, no. We, we generally, I mean, we, we, you know, I generally would love them to do it, and, and there's a lot of people who want to want to do it. It's just like I say, trying to wake away of it, that last series was was sort of incredible, but. It's, we work on a very small budget, and it is um, trying to make go right. How do we how do we take this and, and make it? So I'm going to wrap up before Ron falls asleep because um, <laughs> I talked I phoned him about this earlier. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just how do we up the scale? And Ramesh, you're doing about 25 different TV programs at the moment. Mm -hmm. So is what's what's the next one? Is a sitcom? Is that right? You you've got a sitcom. Yeah, I've got a sitcom. It's just. Um, Can you tell us a bit for the about role? it? Hello? Thanks for the role in that. It's just diff it's difficult. Uh, it's difficult. I'm just trying to do something to compete with Murder and Successful. That's kind of my. That's always my ongoing. You're a hospital janitor. <laughs> Someone's ill. That's always my ongoing uh, motivation. Uh, uh, no, the sitcom is basically uh, it's uh, it's autobiographical. So my uh, dad uh, passed away seven years ago, and he ran a pub. And then he gave it to well, he didn't give it to us. He was dead. He had no, we inherited the pub, um, and so that pub, the, the sitcom is based on that. But in reality, I just we, my brother and I, tried to run it for a few months, right. and uh, it turns out we're not good at it. So, uh, so we sacked it off. But uh, in this, uh, the, the my character sort of actually tries to give it a go. And you're, you wrote it and you're in it, that's right. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I wrote it with uh, Will Smith and Steve Stamp. What, Will Smith from? Yeah, uh, Will Smith was a nightmare. He just kept wanting to put aliens yeah. in it. Yeah. <laughs> Did he do the theme tune? Oh, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's... Uh, it, yeah, it was that Will Smith. Um, yeah, Steve Stamp from People Just Do Nothing, yeah. And you've, you've been on League of Their Own together since doing this, or was that yes. before? Yes, well, yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago, yeah. We... I've sort of waited so long to work with Ramesh. I mean, it's not our first time we did something else, we won't talk about it, but... Um, no, talk about it. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah, go on, tell us. We did a, uh, we did a sitcom before where... Um, we were guest stars, weren't we? We were guest stars. Well, stars. we were guests. We were stars guests. is I think we were it. very low down. We had to perform a dance on uh, House of Fools, and, it, yeah, it might have been the most demeaning thing I've ever had to do in front of a, um, <laughs> a large studio audience. Uh, I actually get cold sweats thinking about it. It was the first time in my career that I thought this could be it. It might be over now. Um, Basically, what happened Did they warn you before? They did warn us. We knew right. we were doing it. But what happened was is the studio audience loved everybody involved in that show, except for Tom and I. So, 
So every single thing that Tom and I did absolutely died on its arm. And everybody else smashed it. So <laughs> it was genuinely like everyone there was going, oh, shut up, you two. Just let other people up here. And it was, yeah. But we really bonded. It was genuinely like, you know, a real sort of, it's like sharing a cell together for, for three. Um, yeah, we came out of it. But yeah, it was like sharing a cell together, and neither of the people can think of anything funny to say. <laughs> that, was, that was how it was. And all the other inmates are walking past, going, "You're not funny." <laughs> um, but yeah, we've yeah we've just done that. We got over it. We drawn a line under it, and we promised never to mention it. <laughs> right, <laughs> um, and were you there when Ramesh dropped? What did you do? Did you break Jamie Redknapp's wrist? Yes, um, I did. Um, I just think he's a prick. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so he, he had it coming to him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, I just yeah. thought, and I said to Tom, I phoned Tom, I said, he's going to get it. He said, and Tom said, he, Tom said, if he wants it, mate, I think you should give it to him. So I snapped yeah. his wrist like a fucking twig. <laughs> uh, no, uh, what happened was is that, um, <laughs> what happened was is that he was trying to break a record uh, controlling a football from the greatest height dropped. So they put me up in this cherry pick. I was like 40 metres up. And then I was dropping footballs on Jamie. And, uh, and then one was sort of headed to his face and he didn't want to damage the moneymaker. So I mean, put, he is beautiful. Yeah. So he put his hand up like that and it just caught his thumb and just like snapped his wrist. And I laughed because it's funny. And then I realised he'd broken his wrist. So um, and do you think there's more collaborations then for, for the pair of yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, I'd lo love nothing else more than to spend some time with you, working with you. Um, <laughs> I adore you. I think you're simply... I, I, um, you know, my dad, uh, me and Romish were brought up very close to each other, right? Uh, here's a little heartbreaker for you guys. At Christmas, um, I went out for, with all of my family, all of, the, all of the friends of the family, and quite loudly in front of everyone, my dad turned around and went, you know who my favourite comedian is? And I was like, oh, here we go. Romish. <laughs> and I went, really? And he went, yeah, he's fucking so funny, that fella. So, so funny. And I went, no one else you can think of? You like? <laughs> he went, no, no, don't get it like that. He said, the thing about him is he doesn't try too hard. <laughs> and he's local, he's from round here. I said, I was brought up in your fucking house. You can't get any more fucking local than me, mate. He, my dad adores Romesh. He's literally like, yeah. If, if I'd been up against Romesh for that BAFTA, he'd have turned around and gone, he was fucking robbed. <laughs> he was absolutely robbed. I suppose, Romesh, we need to ask now, what does your mum... Think of Tom. She hasn't got a clue who he is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm getting around there. I'm trying to sort of like <laughs> knocking on the door. Have you seen this? <laughs> well, on that note, I think um, we'll open up to questions from the audience. I think we've got a microphone, so if you've got one, stick your hand up and they'll get it to you. Um, yeah, on the end there. Hello. Uh, Ramesh, I'd like to ask, you're enjoying a very high profile at the minute, but do you think there are um, enough black and Asian people on our TV screens? And if there's a problem, how do you solve it? Uh, no, I think there only needs to be one. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I don't think there are enough, is, is the honest answer. Uh, but I don't think I am... Uh, I've got enough nows to really provide a solution. I, I, think that, um, I think that the honest truth is that there, there aren't enough uh, uh, black and Asian uh, uh, people in front of the camera or behind the camera in production. Um, and I think that, um, you know, when you have things like uh, 
quotas for want of a better word, or you know, this pro proactive sort of recruitment from minorities. I think that the I think that while I appreciate the sentiment of that, the the problem is is it then puts a lot more pressure on those people that have been booked in those positions, and then you sort of get arguments about meritocracy and things like that. So I think it's a very complicated issue. The truth is, how it is solved is you remove barriers. To, you know, as you deal with the barriers to entry, you know, to everybody, and you see that system correct itself over a long period of time, but that takes a while, and so I understand why people are trying to do, you know, go for a quicker fix, I understand that, and I also understand the opposition to that, but the truth is it's better to do that than to do nothing, so um, I think it's, you know, it's a complicated thing, and I understand why we've got these sort of quotes and stuff, but that's not the ideal solution, but I do understand why, they, why, people, why we have to do it. Sort of hoping for a question time sort of style round of applause there, don't we? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 too late, too late. Yeah, somebody there in a green top. Yeah. David Dimbleby. Yeah, doing very well. Hello. So this question is for Tom. So you've talked about the improvised nature of this show, Murder and Successful. Uh, why do you think we're seeing more improvised forms of comedy on TV? Um, no one could be bothered to write. <laughs> um, I think it's, um, it's actually probably, there, there's sort of quite a few variables. I think there's a sort of, I'm just trying to get your eye contact now, I'm trying to work out where you um, It's, um, I think it's quite a lot of it sort of stems from the American style of doing stuff. Uh, Judd Apatow, um, Will Ferrell and sort of um, Christian Wig and all, all of those guys. There was a lot, there's a massive move, movement and sort of we sort of in a sense followed it. Um, and I think it's, there's, there's sort of, a, as Rom said actually about stand-up, I think when you're, when you're making comedy, there's, you can sit and you can write a script and, and, you know, I've been fortunate enough to do that on sort of a number of levels, but sometimes, you know, like with this show or, or with murder, you hit something in a line that wasn't there and uh, there's nothing quite like that electricity, that, that moment, as, as Rom says in stand-up, where you come up with something that is just sort of, it just, oh, shit, I've nailed that. And, uh, yeah, I think, I guess that, Sort of, it's it's just a new way of it's, it, you know making stuff, and uh, long may it continue. Um, hopefully, because it's, it's a lot easier than writing. Oh, writing so a much. sitcom at the moment, and it yeah, but you you think a line's really funny, and then you read it about three weeks later, and you're like, oh, I'm done with that. Just make something up on the day. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, here in the blue shirt down the front. There's some like music or something. Yeah, or you could rap. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did Romesh's podcast, by the way, and he completely ruined me on that, if you want to listen. My, actually, the lowest point of my yeah. career. It's so. the worst. 55 episodes, yours is the worst. Yeah, so, I know, yeah because you didn't let me talk about rap. You just took the piss out of me for 55 minutes. <laughs> Felt like a fucking roast, man. <laughs> Literally, I'd Deal with it, mate. It's improv. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? You prick. Sorry, I'm joking. He's great. Oh, Sorry. Yeah, cheers. Um, what do you enjoy most about... Uh, doing the jobs that you have and being comedians? Oh. Getting to work with Rom? Don't. <laughs> uh, um, uh, genuinely, uh, I think, I guess the thing is, it's, um, for me, it's sort of like, you know, as, as sort of corny as it sounds, I, I never thought I'd get, I'd get this opportunity. I never thought I'd be able to do what I do for a living. I sort of thought that, you know, it, I, when I first started stand-up, like getting away from doing a you know, that sort of job that I'd done since 15, just being on stage was enough. So sort of setting myself little targets along the way uh, and, and getting to wake up every morning and, and work with Rom or, or the other people I work with is genuinely a blessing. You, you sort of do pinch yourself every day. So, yeah, the sort of different variables, you know, whether it's writing, 
performing, um, producing. I have my own production company now. Um, we made a great show for UK TV last, last year. Uh, I think it's their biggest hit ever. Uh, um, Murder on the Blackpool Express, watch it. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just every Jesus day. Jesus Christ, like, what is this? <laughs> I have a book coming out. <laughs> I'm that's, that's, why ethnic, that's why ethnic minorities can't get on, because white people won't <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Uh, in answer to your question, what's the, the best thing? Uh, it's uh, waking up every morning and knowing that I'm Ramesh Ranganathan. Um, no, uh, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, I, the truth is, it's, like, it's very exciting to, uh, to um, do something creative. Like, paying your bills by doing something creative is, is extremely rewarding. And it, Are you earning enough to pay your bills? Pardon? Are you earning enough to pay your Just bills? Just about. I've got three kids, mate. I'm still scaffolding three days a week. <laughs> um. Um, but it's uh, but that is yeah that is that is a truth of it and, and it's, it's, it's such a varied job so it's very very it's it's very rewarding so it, it's um, it's exciting to be able to do it and uh, it doesn't get old so it's good. And also I get to watch Murder and Successful. <laughs> you yeah. can do that if you don't work in the industry, by the way. Uh, hi guys, um, now you've had a taste of being a judge and a bailiff, do you wish there was any high profile cases that you wish you could have worked on or corrected a wrong? I would have sorted out that OJ thing. I've just worked <laughs> that. Yeah. Absolutely smashed that you know out what? the park, I mate. Don't worry about that. that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What uh, would you have done? I had a little chat with him before, <laughs> Yeah, I'd have probably just done a lot of the stuff, made some quips. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that's what it needed, actually, that, that trial. More comedy. Yeah. <laughs> just think line it up, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, a bit yeah. of banter while he's trying on the yeah. glove, do you know what I mean? Just stuff like that. Yeah, me and Johnny Cochran, just <laughs> one or two's in. Um, yeah, I mean, that's literally the only high-profile case. We are, we are legally required by Dave to state that we do not think we could judge a real case. Uh, and we Although are, we would we have made required. a better job of that one. Yeah. Um, no, we do think that people should be qualified. <laughs> I'm legally obliged to say that. Really? Yeah. I didn't read any they of that They said, if anybody says anything about you, we'll end over a actual case. You have to oh, really? I, didn't, I just signed the contract, so I didn't read it. Uh, um, I think we've got time for one more. So, if there's... Yeah. Oh, wow, him again. Hey, Another one. Sorry. Yeah. Can I ask, does Judge Rob Rinder know about this series and what does he think about it? Listen, that prick's going down, mate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I don't you know. Think out as well, you could go in the jungle and do that. So, so pretty, obviously, everybody get me out of Yeah, it. fingers crossed. He did really um, good, uh, I uh, don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, he is funny, so... I don't know. Do you reckon he'll be happy? Well, if he is watching and he does see it and he needs a new bailiff, <laughs> I'm more than happy. Well, no, that goes all year round. This, no, I get what you're saying. It's yeah. a more regular, it's yeah, a more yeah. regular thing. You can have sweet, the scaffolding sweet, on the Sweet, yeah. Sweet, sweet payday, that. You don't have to keep just busking in the street, oh, banging on about murdering successful the whole time. <laughs> you know? I get it. I get it. Uh, no, if, if Rinder wants to bring it, let him bring it, mate. Do you, you do him in a fight? Do him, yeah, do him in a fight, do him whatever, dance off, whatever the fuck he wants, mate. Wow. Rap battle, I don't give a shit. Oh, man, you are so hard. <laughs> uh, great. <laughs> well, thank you very much all for coming. Uh, it's on Dave on the 8th of August at 10pm. That's when it starts. Uh, thank you very much to Ramesh and Tom. Thank you.